You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the League Cup semi-final winners podcast. Episode 15. Uh, and it's the two Johns and Chris. How are you doing, guys? Hello. Yeah, dandy. I knew you'd say that. Yep. At least I'm consistent. So there's not much to talk about last week, is there? No, I don't think much happened over the weekend. Um... Uh, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that then. We'll just talk about Europe last week. Let's start with Europe last week. Mm-hmm. I managed to catch both games, actually, for a change. In Europe, usually I'll maybe maybe catch one or catch a bit, but yeah, man, see them both. It's more than I did. I caught the first one, I meant to have enough. <laughs> I would say though, Celtic game, I was kind of having my dinner, so I maybe wasn't concentrating as much as the Rangers do. It's uh, a bit like Celtic defence then. <laughs> so. See, but, Sorry. to be honest, I was watching it in the pub and by the, about 20 minutes to go, I was so scunnered by it. I was sitting talking to my mate about the, the BBC quiz about who's, which Celtic players had scored against German teams. We were sitting on the phone doing that instead of watching the game. That's how <laughs> scunnered we were with that. Did you get all 13? Uh, no, the first time I did it, I got nine. Um, but we, we were sitting doing it together. I, I was, he was kind of doing it more than I was because I'd already done it. But, um, uh, he quite, I think we managed to get all 13 eventually. Yeah, I did it um, and got 12. And believe it or not, the one I didn't get was Kenny Douglas. I, I was trying to think of Celtic players in the 70s, and, I, and for some reason he um, bypassed me. <laughs> I, I got I got him um, against, was it Saxon Ring Zikau or whatever the name and then I got the more recent ones, like I got like McGregor and Nimbelli and like, like the guys that scored in the like Alan Thompson and Chris Sutton and Paul Lambert, Sean Maloney and Stallion Petrov and that kind of era. It was the early nineties ones. I couldn't, I couldn't quite get. I kind of guessed Andy Walker. There was no way I was getting Derek White. Ah, uh, so see if you don't. Know, this guy needs to do it. That's pretty much what I was going to be on. Aye, there's another one kicking about as well for the Rangers side. Um, can you name Rangers Russian hitmen? I think that's footballers as opposed to anything like goals for the type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Eh? Well, I mean, I mean, three of them are in the, the Cup Winners Cup final in 72. That's plenty. That's plenty. Dion I can't name them now. So that's <laughs> me. That's plenty. Let's not deviate from Celtic in Europe. Uh, right. When you see the team, what did you think? Um, it was kind of what I was expecting because um, many, we had too many injuries and too many doubts and stuff. So um, Simonovic coming in was expected. Uh, obviously playing alongside Boyata uh, and Kuasi and Christie and everybody that was in midfield was was pretty much all we had left, to be honest. Um, Edward was up front. So I, I, I don't think there was any surprises given what I already knew going into the game. Um, my big hope was if the guys were going to be coming in 
we're going to be a bit of a doubt, then the likes of Jam and McGregor, the ones that are usually playing in these games, they were going to be the ones that were coming in and, and making a difference. But I think the biggest problem we had was Jam kept giving the body ball away. There was a few sort of passes went behind men and it's for throw-ins and all sorts. Um, I don't think McGregor was especially great either. Uh, so the guys you would hope were going to be the, the ones that were going to step up, the guys that play week in, week out, just didn't seem to perform. Aye. Right, fair enough. See, yeah. with, the, with that, I mean, I've seen the line-up, but obviously you're thinking partly Celtic got one eye on yesterday uh, with the semi-final, but also as well, the amount of games he's maybe kind of said to the, the fringe players, look, this is your chance to compete for a, maybe a place on Sunday. I, I think probably knew his line-up on Sunday even before Thursday's game. Yeah. But I suppose maybe a chance for people to stake a claim, at least for the game minutes off the bench or if a player becomes injured or whatever um, they can step in obviously Scott Brown's injured now for a few weeks uh, a couple of issues maybe yesterday Griffiths is still out different things like that but I don't know what well Celtic fans not pretty disappointed when they seen the team in a way I've heard a few people suggesting that we were resting players for Sunday I don't know really I think that was the case I just don't think it was players fit enough to play um, I know obviously Logic stayed back and Griffiths was injured and he's still injured now and Benkovic was the other one it was a doubt that happened to play at the weekend there but I don't I don't think there was anything that Celtic fans could, could really pick on there I mean, who would they have brought in instead? I think the thing with Benkovic as well he might have been the one that was saved back for um, the League Cup semi-final because he obviously by that suspended there wasn't yeah. you weren't sure if uh, Ayer was going to be back in time and obviously it would have been Jack Kendrick at that point before we knew Ayer was going to be um, just a bit fit so but other than that I think it was as decent a team as Celtic could have put out in the park um, but they were just exactly. I mean, way below the level at Leipzig I just I mean Leipzig are doing pretty well in Germany they've done well the last couple of years and they've just got that better quality but Celtic's defending for the, the two goals and I don't really pick on the guy but they both came from, um, one of the goals came from Lustig's side and you just wonder if he's done at that level. I think so, it's not really the first time he's uh, been, we've done at that level, so I think he has done at that level. Um, I don't think, hang on, Lustig didn't come on to later on. The second goal was a Gamboa slide. Oh, in. sorry. <laughs> I'm just used to um, I know. Lustig being away. Aye, it was Gamboa. Aye, he was. Um, aye, it was definitely a ball. He's done for a second. So aye. Um, I said this is the thing. We've got. We had four players at World Cup, two of which were right backs, and neither of our right backs are any good. <laughs> so that, not to this level anyway. But we were trying to get a right back in the summer, from what I remember, but nothing ever came of it. And we've seen in these in these games, we've seen Salzburg Lustig wasn't good enough. We've seen uh, against Leipzig that. Gamboa wasn't good enough. That seems to be our biggest problem at the moment. Um, the centre repairing uh, the Semenovic and Boyata should have been something that worked quite well because we've seen it before. That's two of our better defenders, at least it used to be. Um, I'm not sure Semenovic has recovered from the, the, the horror show had at Dinecastle uh, in the last year. No, I've uh, last season. Yeah. No. It's just... Um, it would have been nice if we were to play Benkovic, but like you say, we probably didn't risk him. 
Um, if there was a doubt, I wouldn't want to risk it anyway because we've got a bunch of big games coming up. Um, just we don't like, don't get any rest until about the break. Um, so if you've got players that are doubt, you should be able to use the squad you've got. Um, the problem with some of which came in and then went back out again because he went off injured and that ended up bringing Pendry on. Um, it wasn't so bad at the weekend though because he managed to get iron back fit, which was a bit of a surprise. But we'll come on to that later. Um, but certainly, I, I, I don't think there was much else we could have done with that team to improve it. The, well, the problem was just, what's that? You could end the summer. Yeah, that's the problem. We, we, we have the squad now that we have to go last. We've only got two strikers, one of which is injured. Um, we seem to be struggling to keep defenders fit. That's not helping matters either. Um, but it's just, we didn't strengthen in the summer, and this, the, the, this is the place we're playing. We're just not good enough in Europe. I still think I still think Celtic are too soft in midfield in these types of games. Oh, we give the ball away far too easily, especially away from home in Europe. That seems to have been a problem for the last fifteen years. But we'll come on to that on uh, the game yesterday, because um, I we'll come on to it anyway. But I, I think I, I'm only playing devil's advocate in terms of lineup and different things like that. I mean, I don't know if if there had been a game yesterday with Forrest Rodrick and uh, I, or maybe I played Thursday. Well, Forrest was suspended for Thursday, so he definitely. Well, uh, but yeah, I obviously played because he was suspended on Sunday. So well, that was probably the two easy choices over the two games. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it's a tough choice lineup anyway. It's a, it's a pretty tough group. Yeah, it's only Europa League group that's got three champions in it. Um, it's, it's only one of two groups across the Champions League and the Europa League that's got three champions in it. So it's all for the Champions League. But aye, it's, it's a very tough group. We've got a team that made the semi-final last season, a team that got put in the quarter-final last season, I think, as well. Because there was a point that the two Red Bulls were going to meet in the semi-final, from what I remember, Marseille beat them both. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's two good quality teams. The, the whipping boys of the group shouldn't be Rosenberg, um, which isn't really a surprise, given even Celtic can beat them. We'll see how we got against them in Trent time, right enough. <laughs> What was it, 4-0 um, they beat Rosenberg last game? I got pumped. I just, they're, not, they're not good enough unfortunately for Rosenberg. But, um, so yeah, it's, it's beginning to look like this group is going to be a case of Salzburg are going to win it, Rosenberg are going to lose it, and Leipzig and Celtic are fighting out for that second spot. Um, had we been able to get a late goal over in Germany, it might have been a lot a bit better. And we could, uh, 2-1 would have been a good result, because then you're going into the... I mean, that, this group could come down to the, the head-to-head between Celtic and Leipzig to see who goes through with Salzburg. There's a possibility of that. Um, having said that, I'm not entirely convinced we'll do too much at home against these two of them either. Um, the next yeah. game is at home at Leipzig. We have to win that if we want to have any chance of finishing second. Um, anything we're getting at Salzburg would then become a bonus. And you're hoping you beat them. Aye, we got that. Uh, I think it's a tough ask. I think Celtic will be out of Europe. I'm going to be. Yeah. Uh, they'll be surprised if we're in Europe at Christmas now. Um, we'll work it out as either Glasgow then Rangers. Not a bad, is I it? Thought, well, I think they would have hoped for more. Um, in the point. Ye
was it to finish it? Um, it was a it was a bit of a frustrating night for them, and then they had the chance at the end. Um, it was I can't remember the boy's name, but the um, he blazed it over the bar with the last kick of the ball. Um, I thought it was in seven points at a nine. They're almost home and dry in the group, um, but it's uh, opened up a wee bit now. What's his name, sorry? The Croatian boy, Kresna. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Credit, credit to Rangers that they've picked up the points, but they have had quite a lot of luck in this group. Um, Villarreal have had a very poor start to the season by their standards. Uh, the draw away them was uh, was a great start for the, the the group, and then the next two teams that Rangers have played in this group have both lost their manager just before. <laughs> so that's been quite lucky for them. But I mean, they're taking four points out of the six off those two, so that's pretty good. Is that two home games they've had though? Yeah, yeah, uh, so two home games. The, the the last three games are tougher for them then because we've got two away games and a home game against Villarreal. Um. So yeah, getting the points to the board now is good for Rangers, um, but they'll probably still got work to do in this group as well. They're certainly in a better position than Celtic. Are. There's no doubt. It's all to play. Ah, it's all to play for definitely in that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when you consider as well that Rangers are the bottom seeds that group and they've still got a yeah. tough group, they're doing very well. Um, and then I think this is their achievement is getting into the group stage. Um, because they also started in qualifying round one and came through four rounds of qualifying. Um, but having got to this position, they'll also want to try and make that step into the last 32, um, which would be a terrific achievement for them. And they've, um, I think, is that them equaled a club record of 11 games undefeated? In yeah, I, it was set in 93, I think. Walter Smith's team was able to do yeah. it. I think you're right, I think we've equaled it. Six clean sheets as well. Mm-hmm. So. That's a, aye. Still work to be done, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, if, you, I think if you'd asked Rangers fans this time last year, uh, or if you'd said to them you'll be in the group stage of the Europe next year, they would have probably thought you were kidding them on. I don't know, maybe not. Depends who anyway, which Rangers fans you're talking to. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt that Rangers are doing great in Europe, um, certainly for, for Scottish football as a whole and for themselves. So, yeah, one minute continue. Uh, touch on the league games briefly because um, there's some semi-final shot and we know we all have a semi especially if the Kardashians are about uh, so if you, if you don't know about that it was a few episodes ago when, yeah. it was last week so it was a pretty quiet weekend in terms of league fixtures in the top league. I think Hamilton would be pretty pleased with their result. A point that'll be part. I'm, I'm not sure if it's the result they'll be pleased with or the performance, because after Hamilton, from what the highlights looked like, they played pretty well. Um, again, Kilmarnock went behind. Um, and, and So it's a game from behind again. That's, I think that's the fourth game in a row or something. Fifth game in a row. Fifth game, yeah, because they've won the previous four. They've won the previous four, so this is the first time they haven't won from coming behind in the last five games. So uh, Even then, that's a point they've picked up, moved themselves up to setting. But no, I think Hamilton were, were, were good value for money in this one. Um, there was a lot of bad tackles and judo throws and red card questions. and um, I think James Keaton's missed an absolute howler of a sitter. Right to, uh, he could have he won the game. 
Um, so uh, yeah, it was it was, it was entertaining watching this one of the highlights. Uh, so I think Kelly maybe look at this as a point drop, a couple of points dropped, rather than because it's a home game against a, a team that's expected to be in the bottom six. Um, but Hamilton will, will be looking at that as being a, a great result for them, and hopefully something they can take into the, the games to come. Well, hopefully it's not because they play Aberdeen on Wednesday, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's hope that they've used up all the energy from that game and um, get trounced. But um, yeah, a good point from one that not many people would have predicted. Um, you look at the form of the two teams getting into this. Um, but yeah, they'll be absolutely delighted with that point and moves them that little point further away. Because um, obviously Dundee lost in midweek, so they've moved a point further away from Dundee. Um, and then obviously St Man get beat as well. So a good weekend all right round for them. Right. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens if Dundee can get their act together because St Mirren look absolute red rotten at the moment. Um, I don't know what they're up to at the moment, whether they're waiting for January to come round so that Kearney can get his own team in there. Um, but they just don't look like they have any clue what they're doing whatsoever. The biggest surprise in this game was how long it took St Johnson to take the lead and how long it took to secure it with a second goal. Um, the, the best player in the park might have been uh, Craig Sampson and go for St Mirren actually because he had some terrific saves uh, there was there was one they were describing as Gordon Banks-esque on sports team last night for, for Tony Watt which Tony Watt just wasn't scoring just on, on, on Saturday because <laughs> that, there was that save he had a, a setter that was possibly even worse than the one that Keaton's had um, he had a penalty save by Sampson as well so uh, it just wasn't his day uh, Samson actually had to face two penalties because there was a second one which uh, Liam Craig took but rather than when, well he saved the first one from what Liam Craig's is in orbit now I think it was a terrible penalty for a while for him that's back went for St Johnson as well yeah yeah they're, they're working himself up, up the table that's him above Aberdeen now, isn't it yeah well, I mean they played a game more obviously but mm-hmm. uh, they're up to seven so aye that's uh, uh, they're in the position yeah, they're in the position to expect St Johnson to be fighting for um, I mean they're in that position where they're not going to be in a relegation battle and they're probably unlikely to be a top six challenger um, so but Tommy Wright will be quite content with where they are just now uh, he, was, he was bigging up uh, the young defender as well with Boy Kerr mm-hmm. right, that was even before the game on Saturday in terms of saying that he's got a big future potential player like good level, higher level and all that type of thing. So mm-hmm. can I see youngsters getting a chance there as well. And the uh, where are Kane still classes here and still twenty one, twenty two, probably. So and then is it is it by Gordon as well, I think it's played a wee bit as well. So mm-hmm. yes, and Mirren, I think they are just hoping that the other teams at the bottom will still be near about them. And the Motherwell, Hamilton, and then they can do some business in January and get more players in that he wants. Because Hamilton and Jackson certainly look as if they're decent additions, but they're not scoring enough goals and they're conceding too many bad combination. Um, but it's the same for the D as well. So. Yeah. It's as if both clubs are you know, just desperate to get to January and see what happens. I mean, I know McIntyre um, in his defence has got a record of that because at Ross County it didn't start well for him got to January made a no- number of changes and then a great run and survived comfortably and went on to good things obviously um, I don't know if that will quite happen at Dundee but you wouldn't write him off um, 
keeping Dundee up um, with that kind of record. Whereas with St Mirren, you just don't know what this Cairn is going to bring to the table. I know he's had a good record in um, in Northern Ireland, but it's a big jump from Northern Ireland to the Scottish Premier League. Yeah, and, and, and St Mirren will be hoping they can do something similar to what happened when uh, Jack Ross took over when they were in the, the Championship and took them from being bottom to the eighth and then winning the league next season. So, um, it's uh, there's, there's certainly uh, it looks like they're trying to get to January and so they can change the team again, but at the moment they look like they're just completely close. Tough week for them as well, but they didn't do it. Celtic and Halloween, and they have Motherwell, which is a that's a big game for them. The world will be just above them in the, in the league. Uh, I mean, the, the big game in uh, Wednesday night is St. Martin Motherwell at that end of the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the teams, the two teams immediately above Dundee. So um, I don't know what they're hoping for that one because certainly Dundee won't fancy their chances against Celtic, but you never know. I mean, um, we'll wait and see because changes because they've got a bunch of games they're playing a, a short space of time. So, trip to Dundee. Might have been a, a three-point banker on Neil McCann was there under McIntyre. They haven't looked great when he stepped in against um, Livingston, but he really, never really had enough time to work with them. They lost like four set-piece goals. Um, the Hearts game, well, Hearts are flying at the moment, so um, Hearts are not really a surprise to hammer them as well. So it's not it's not been a great uh, run of fixtures for Dundee uh, since McIntyre took over, because that's basically the top three, or three of the top four, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's a weird, it's, it's a weird setup on Wednesday actually because Dundee Celtic's on one of the BT channels and obviously the Edinburgh Derby's on the other one. Yeah, I, I guess on BT Sport One, I. Yes, so I understand why this happened because obviously with Celtic and Hearts both playing on the Sunday, they couldn't schedule us for the Tuesday. They couldn't schedule one for the Tuesday and one for the Wednesday, so they had to be both the Wednesday. So that's a good thing, but, but maybe they could have moved to Celtic. Hearts game and Saturday to Sunday. It's good for the good for the armchair fan, but in this weather, it's probably not really. Because maybe off go to the Dundee game. I would say the Hearts had a game to that one. It would be like it's kind of frustrating, is it? No, because I'm well. I mean, what game are you going to watch on Wednesday? If I watch any of the Edinburgh Derby. Aye, I think that's what most people will say. It's like the Celtic fans will watch a Celtic game, like myself. Um, but I'm, I mean, even I'm looking at them, I can't remember what you had in my derby. But I won't, because I watch the Celtic game, because Celtic's my team. But it's just, it's frustrating from that perspective, because that, like, if Celtic play the way, know, the way we know they can play, that could be a great game to watch. If Hearts and Hibs can both play the way they know they can play, that'll be even better. So... If you're picking one of those two games as a neutral, you pick it in the derby every time. Aye. Aye especially with Dundee playing just now. Um, no, Hearts and Hibs has got the makings of uh, an excellent game and um be interesting to see how Hearts got on after obviously events on Sunday there. Right. Chris. Yes. There we go. There's your link. Right. Will we start at Moneyfield then? Eh? Yeah, well, it was the first, so that was the game. first game. Yes. So, um... And it means then we can talk for about an hour in Aberdeen, so... Aye, we'll get to the... The, the big game. <laughs> the wee game. Use it at the wee stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the first thing to point out. 61,000, lad, for at the game. The, the biggest... Salt and sauce. Salt and sauce. Salt and sauce. Salt and sauce or salt and vinegar. Uh, I'd much more start a better stadium. 
Aye, so 61,000, the biggest attendance since the League Cup final of 1990 in Scottish football. Um, I think they said it was the biggest in Edinburgh since the 1950s as well. So that was a, quite a quite a landmark event as far as I'm concerned. Because um, they've kind of set a precedent now, haven't they? They can go, I just use Murrayfield. How many more times is that going to happen? What happens if Hibs make a semi next time? They're going to want to demand Murrayfield. Well, potentially, what yesterday has done is said, let's try this again. Because Aye. by all accounts, after all the concerns and everything like that, as I've not seen it, I've not seen any talk about trouble. Or well, I feel a wee bit, but not. Maybe I think there was concerns about maybe a, a lot more trouble. But I've only seen maybe small isolated incidents. Unless you guys have seen anything else. No, I've, I've seen the usual, there's been a couple of incidents, but you can Celtic, there's usually a couple of incidents somewhere along the lines. Aberdeen playing Rangers, there's usually a couple of incidents somewhere along the I don't think there was anything that said, let's not use Murrayfield, that was a nightmare. Yeah. Which is, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, the only way this would happen, again, is if the SPFL do what they did um, this season, schedule um, games in the week of Europa League fixtures, and there's the possibility of two or four or maybe three teams in the Europa League at this stage again. So that's the only way Murrayfield will be used again. See, Otherwise, it will be both at Hamden because I of this th- agreement. I think they're missing a trick if they do that then because, see, for all this was organised ridiculously badly. It actually turned out really well because this idea of Super Sunday and the two semi-finals being played at the same day at two different stadiums was a great idea. It was a great marketing event. Yeah. Had they set it up with us in the first place, maybe yep. we could have been happy about it, but they didn't. So what they really should do is look at this and go, actually, this was accidentally a success. Let's do it on purpose next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's right. It did work out well in the end. Um, so I maybe you never know. You never know. And the thing as well, I think the other thing, you have the two semi-finals in the weekend. Whoever's playing the Sunday's at a disadvantage because the pitch isn't as good. Aye. Whereas this takes that away because this time you can play both of them on the same day on different pitches. However, saying that, mind you, Murrayfield... At the moment, I don't. The Ottoman internationals, I don't think have. Have they been? Oh, no, they they're soon. Yeah, okay. next week I think. They usually, I think they used to play them in November. Yeah, so uh, like playing these games in October is absolutely perfect. You get these games played and then you can play your rugby. It's fine. So, it's mm-hmm. not a problem. Yeah. See, everything happens. Maybe. Never know. But the, the, the game itself. Uh, the game itself, I think, turned really early because they went off. That was a massive blow for Hearts. I mean, they've already lost like several key players to injury. To then lose yet another captain. I've seen Laurie, formerly of this podcast now, Hearts TV commentary, uh, saying that the, uh, the armband's a bit jinxed this season. Um, I think he's probably right, because that was an A-Swift that took it. Um, passed it on to McLean during the game. We'll come back to him later. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not going to make that joke, sorry. <laughs> That's cool. Much fun. This is, we'll come on to him later. Um, maybe I actually did. No. Um, you oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> You asked. I was. episode banned. <laughs> I wasn't going to make the joke, but. Hey. And then, and then last week, no one could listen to it because we had recorded issues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I. So I will. We'll get to McLean later. 
Um, but yeah, the loss of Naismith massive because um, if you're Hearts, that's why you're looking at to, to take the game with a scuffer in the neck and, and go to Celtic and then you lose him early. It's just like kind of takes a window to your sails a bit, does it not? Us, but uh, you know, see when uh, Celtic lost Kuyasi, I'm thinking you're already pretty short in midfield in terms of numbers and who's available. McGregor obviously went into that kind of quarterback type role. I thought Celtic maybe haven't got enough dig in midfield to control the hearts when they're being a bit physical, but it didn't turn out that way. Because actually, Celtic didn't really allow hearts to kick in the ball in the second half. No, I, I mean, funnily enough, I actually thought the, the Kuasi sub was going to be a big an issue because I thought McGregor would be in a more natural position. He wasn't really playing in the game much as it was at wide. Bringing Sinclair on, he's more natural there as well. I thought that might actually balance the team a bit better. My bigger concern was when enchantment off at half time. He's never really been in this game either. He wasn't great in midweek. Um, so I'm wondering if he's been carrying that injury for a wee while now. Uh, so a, that was a concern. But Ryan Christie came on and what a game he had. He, he was a big difference. I mean, before that, before, before we get to the, the second half, um, Hearts did have a ball in the net. Uh, like rightly rolled off for offside McLean love him up flicker under the, the keeper um, yeah. so uh, fifth point in for that one but uh, yeah you were my last side <laughs> right decision yeah yeah right, I think right, he, he knew it the penalty it's not a penalty is it the, right okay so we, we were treated to about half an hour after that penalty of uh, Chris Sutton and Michael Stewart debating as to whether it was a penalty or not my take on it, and I sent this to the SFF podcast WhatsApp group, um, was it was a dive. Uh, the challenge comes in. I'm not going to dispute there's a challenger, but I think the dive comes from the fact that Christie's anticipating a harder challenge and actually comes in. Um, so there is a slight bit of contact, but Christie goes down like there's going to be a lot more because he was anticipating that. So he has dived to make sure he gets that. Um but he's got previous for that um, even for his team yeah, yeah. Uh, we mentioned that last season so even when he was playing mm-hmm. for us we did say we didn't like that aspect of his game yeah yeah. Um, so yeah he has certainly played for it I think by the letter of the law it may well be a penalty though uh, BT Sport had a referee sitting in the studio as well in some wee box being the BT VAR guy effectively was it been official VAR he also said it was a penalty so I thought that was probably an interesting comment. It was only Michael Stewart in the commentary that thought it wasn't. Yeah. But I, I, I have no doubt that, that Christie made the most of that. Anticipating yeah. a lot of challenges he actually got. Um, the so thing that's a big giveaway for me is uh, the the Hartsport doesn't really make any complaint because um, I think if. Um, if he was adamant that Christie did a proper dive, and I'm not saying Christie didn't dive, um, I think he would have been right in the referee's face, as was a few of the Hearts players, but he's obviously admitted that there is contact, uh, although it is obvious that Christie's made the meal of it, but if there, there is contact, then it gives the decision to be made. That's that's the thing. Yeah, Sutton was making a lot of that as well, the fact that he wasn't complaining. It's, he's not complaining because he knows he's put a challenge and it didn't get the ball and probably got a lot of bit of Christie. So there isn't really much for him to challenge. Is Christie not falling over, falling over before? Um, so there's going to be contact if he's falling over. Yeah, I suppose he could do that. Yeah, that kind It's a big moment in the game. Cause oh, yeah, yeah. Hearts are 1-0 down. Don't be wrong. I mean, it's what? 
many minutes into the second half? It's what, it was 10, 10 minutes. Yeah. Was it, was, it was 9 or 10 minutes. 10 minutes but 10. you're right, it's, it's a big point in the game because uh, Sinclair scores a penalty and suddenly Hearts have to come out because they've been defending most of the game um, trying to soak it up. But by that it's point, it starts up. opening up, so you have to start getting more chances. Rodgick's coming into the game a lot more by this point as well because of that. The space just opened up for Celtic and we were able to get second goal, third goal. Um, we had a few more chances after the third goal as well, which uh, the goalkeeper was able to keep out. Uh, there was some lot of frantic defending, some lovely clearings off the line as well. Um, it was actually quite entertaining to watch as the game opened up more, just how Hearts were able to keep the score down. Uh, I mean, it, it was 3-0 going on 5 or 6 by the end of the game, but you're right, when we got to the, the penalty being scored, it was still a pretty... Um, but Hearts were defended quite solidly. It's only because they had to come out that Celtic managed to get more space and had more goals. Uh, the, the thing that really kills it was the second goal because the keeper should have done better than that. Yeah, he should have horrendous. He's just spilled it entirely. I think even yeah. prior to that, though, um, Levine's left it too late to change it because as soon as uh, Encham and Kuasi are off, Hart should have then gone, right, let's get a bit of width into the team. Because we should be able to compete in midfield fine, and he doesn't even bring on Morrison until after once it's two, once he goes two down. And I think Morrison was—I think it was quite harsh for Morrison not to start anyway, because Morrison's been a really bright spot for Hearts this season. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think Levine um, played into Celtic's hands a bit because if you look at the two games that Hearts beat Celtic in his time, they actually um, have went for it a bit more, especially that four-nil game. They it was pretty much picked for him because they had so many defensive injuries they thought let's just go for it after, after watching what Anderlecht did to Celtic at Parkhead and it worked in the day the game early in the season again um, they were physical they were set up well but they attacked with a purpose um, they had natural width and that's how they got their goal um, but he decided to just try and play for extra time by lots of things on Sunday and it backfired um, it was almost like he reverted back to type yeah you're right I, I, they defended too deep when this game would usually when they've had a, a good go at Celtic that's when they've, they've got the decent results but they just I don't know if that was the plan to start with or if that just kind of happened when they lost Naismith no, no I think they because it was too early but. They, they went before central midfielders pretty much to try and keep it whereby it was a kind of tight game um, the problem I think Levine had is, as opposed to Celtic at the start of the season he's looked at the last two games and thought right Celtic are in a wee bit of form we can't play like what we've done before against them whereas they should have gone right we've had two games in the last year or so whereby we've went at Celtic created chances played a bit of tempo keep it up they might not have won anyway but I think it would be would have been would have been a better outcome maybe a better chance of winning I think um, however the, the first half I thought was working alright Right. I think they defended well. I think uh, it was the first time I've really seen Dick Abona. And I thought he, he had a good game, man. In the first half, I think Jimmy, the boy done as well. Centre back looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the midfield just were maybe a bit lost in terms of what they were trying to do. Rosanovich, I think, was struggling with trying to play wide. Um, and then June, I mean, I remember when June first signed for Hearts, I thought he was a cracking player. I don't think he's, he's quite had the same kind of impact as what he did when he first started. Yeah. I don't know if Hayden was completely fit as well. Well, he's a doubt for the, the Edmund Arby now, so I'm not entirely convinced he was fat either. I think it was a, a gamble on their, their part, which is uh, fair enough. I mean, this is a, this is a chance for them to, to, to beat Celtic, get to 
a domestic final. So of course, it, this is the game they take the chances on. They've given themselves the buffer at the top of the league. So, so yeah, if you've got a guy that's a doubt, then go for it. Twenty-one cup games in a row. Yeah. Game one. Um, it's, it's 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 a phenomenal record that Celtic have got under Brendan Rodgers when it comes to cup games. They just haven't lost one yet. Uh, it's the what the seventh semi-final now. Right. Fifth semi-final. Yeah. Fifth semi-final. Fifth semi-final. Aye, fifth semi-final. Aye, you're going for your seventh trophy. Yeah, go for the seventh trophy, which if Celtic do that, no, it's not next month, it's the start of December. If Celtic do that, they'll match the Scottish record, the seven consecutive trophies that Walter Smith did. We'll see. But yeah, the the... Do you think Christie's effort was in before um, Forrest was able to make sure for the second goal? I think it might have been. The, the referee didn't give it, so it was a Forrest goal. But I'm not sure he got to keep her get back in time. Uh, well, if if it did, then Christie was also robbed of a double. But at least they made up for it with absolute peach of a, a yes. strike for his goal. Yeah, his, um, his goal, the third one, the third Celtic's just an absolute cracker. Um, the keeper gets a hand to it, but there's nothing he can do. It's... So a few people have said it's very, it's very like a Rodgick goal, actually. But um, yeah, I can it's understandable given the Rodgick scored the other week, um, kind of similar position as well. So um, yeah, it was, it was nice that Hearts finally get given their three 0 defeat that they should have got when they fielded an ineligible player against Cove Rangers. It's taking Celtic to issue that justice, not the SPFL, but uh, it's finally done now. Just to get back yeah. as well for forty five minutes. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the guys that's likely to play against Dundee, actually. Yeah, a massive day in his career because we were only talking a few weeks ago in terms of whether they'll, they'll be involved. He'd obviously start the season on the bench and different things like that. And then he hadn't been involved, whereas I mean, that, could, that could be an absolute massive day for him. Yeah, I think so he's out of contract and there's talk of him getting a new one now. Yeah, on the, the back of that, and obviously a couple of cameo appearances this season. The key here is that Christie this season, when he's been called upon, has actually come in and he's he's taken his chance. Um, certainly no more than than Sunday there, but um, I think he's probably now earned himself a chance to to kind of stamp on a name in the, the first team. So Dundee away is a perfect start for it. Like, okay, you've, you've come on, played 45 minutes in that cup game, you've been the difference, so let's see what you can do over 90. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, he's probably going to be frustrated as well with the fact that he's nobody out of playing. Cup final. Yeah. Would it be that Aberdeen? Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Because every time you get a cup final, you're playing Celtic, he's not playing. So, yeah, he might be able to play a cup final last, last time. That was, that was just that one occasion. Um because obviously he wasn't there when you beat his uh, three run the league cup final but he missed obviously the Scottish Cup final after helping us get there um, yeah. and then obviously we were knocked out of the cup in both competitions last year um, but yeah he'll be keen to make an impact in that league cup final and um, hopefully we can snuff him out um, but just going back to Hearts I think they needed someone to um, to grab hold of the ball and take the game by scruff its net but um, Steve McLean went a wee bit too literally with that <laughs> I wonder if that's what was one of those bits of paper. Because like, they, they've, I see Hearts were doing exactly the same that Aberdeen do with these bits of paper to explain to here's what you do. And... Mm-hmm. So I'm a bit, grab the game by the balls. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So Steve McLean went, oh, I'm captain now. Okay, I'll take that last one. Um, yeah. He he may be well be getting a, a, a letter for the compliance officer. There's certainly talk that they're looking into it. Um, as to whether that is because the referee missed it. I mean, actually, the weird thing is Kuashi then got talking to of uh, the the referee for that one, which is uh, a tad harsh. <laughs> Given yeah. what happens. So. Did you see the kid on note for Aberdeen? And it was Aberdeen can kick a jelly bean. Nice. Which I think very amusing. I like that one. Uh, um, so the main event, anyway. Right. On the on the events of Hamden. So the build up was interesting anyway because we'd had obviously the the fallback from the opening day of the season, which rightly or wrongly, whatever you're going to want to say, Gerard said that Rangers were a class above. We then we came out to say it was actually he was talking about the game itself as opposed to anything else. Who knows? I think that before the, the match that maybe I think he's obviously he's a, he's a confident guy anyway but I think maybe I think Rangers were a bit too confident going into the game and thought have win. no idea why because they were coming off the back of Thursday's game where they hadn't scored and then they were going into this game with no strikers <laughs> so I'm not sure where that confidence was coming from I think I mean I think we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now that this game was going to be difficult for Rangers because they had no strikers. How were they going to adapt to it? Well, apparently the answer was to put Sadiq in, um, whom I don't think he had started a game for Rangers. He's played like 25 minutes as a, a sub or something along those lines. He was awkward. Did you ask questions his fitness? I, I, I started to think that uh, Sadiq was his middle name and his actual last name is offside. Yeah, I was going to say, we need to stop this podcast in a minute because he's offside again. <laughs> I, thought, yeah. I thought it looked like there is a plan in there. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones where, um, obviously being at a game, you don't want to say too much in case he ends up being the one that um, puts the ball in the net because one of Philip Sebo's two goals in his time at Rangers was against Aberdeen that won the Rangers the game. So he, um, that sort of thing tends to happen, but... Um, I think a lot of Rangers' confidence came from the fact that Aberdeen's form was pretty poor getting into it uh, with the performance against Hearts and other performances this season. The fact we've only beaten the bottom three this season, the league, plus St. Man the League Cup. Um, and I'm not going to deny, I was obviously not confident getting into it. Um, and then when I saw the Aberdeen team, I thought that's something positive. And then, um, you obviously know, I, I tweeted the the omen afterwards that um, our seat numbers were 95-96, which was when Aberdeen Rangers last played in the League Cup semi-final, and when Aberdeen won that game 2-1. So I got a wee bit of a better feeling. Um, you love an omen, John. It? <laughs> oh, yes. Love it. How many yeah. times did his omens actually work, though? <laughs> I, I hear, Very rarely. <laughs> I hear you talk about these omens every so often, and then you're going to play Celtic, and then we beat you. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, we were talking about it. Like in the, the build up, and, and I would say build up, I mean since the, the job was made. Um, I was humming and hawing about whether they were or not. Now, I, it's not just me that's in this position, there's many Aberdeen fans of my age that are in this position. I have a terrible record at semi finals. Terrible, right? I also have a terrible record at seniors play Rangers in terms of taking any, anything. So, the combination of both, I decided I'm not going. So, 2 1 for the team. I think so, to be fair. Uh, but I that, that combination, and I felt bad because you think it could have been there. Maybe a bit, obviously, we had a problem with a ticket in that type of thing, but yeah. just I thought, no, I, I can't face going. 
Yeah. Was that? I went. I went and hope rather than expectation. Um, well, it's like it's, recent years I've seen as one picture was a boring one. I think. Yeah. I think what you're saying, John, about going and hoping rather than expectation is probably how the the, the two fans were in this uh, game because I think most of the Aberdeen fans were hoping they could win but not really expecting mm-hmm. to. Whereas Rangers fans were not expecting to win and get to their, their first league cup final. I thought we could win. Mm-hmm. I did think we could win, despite even though I know we've had a mixed start to the season. Rangers haven't been much better in the league. I don't think. No, it's... certainly. I mean, they've had one win away from Ibrox. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, the possession that they had in the first half, um, you know, I mean, we started the game quite brightly with free kick with McGinn that was saved, and then they had that Sadiq chance, and then. We we kept giving the ball away a lot and launched it um, a lot and it was just come back because um, well James Wilson didn't look fit but any time Rangers got to the third they didn't really know what to do with it. Um, Candice had probably one of his poorer games. Uh, we had probably the best chance of that first half with McGinn. Um, I wouldn't say it's a gl- Candice had a bad game. I thought Candice was one of the brightest players. He was one of the few that tried to get in the ball because Ryan Kent um, no went uh, was anonymous after being. Quite good recently. She um, talked about the game mm-hmm. because that was the thing as well. We this brave, but basically our fullbacks were man marking their white players. Yeah. Yes, but um, I think things changed for us a wee bit. Um, unfortunately for Constein, going off injured um, is also a bad one. But yeah, Max Loki won and did very very well. You know he showed he could actually um, defend and he had a bit of composure about him. Um, well, I think the well. the most. The most worrying bit of the game, um, from my perspective, was the first 15 minutes of the second half. Um, Rangers had a lot of possession. That's when they had their only shot and target. Um, but And it was just a case of trying to hold it and see that through. And once we saw that through, the belief began to grow in our team. Um, and then when it got to the corner, my mate said to me, this could be our moment here. And then obviously um, that happened with Ferguson's header. It just takes that one set piece. And it was always going to be our best hope of a goal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a terrific moment, but our defence was terrific. I mean, having McKenna and Devlin as centre backs was um, was massive for us. It's not happened very often because uh, suspensions and injuries. I think this is only what the sixth or seventh time they've played together this season. Um, but they make a massive difference. And you know, Logan played very well, and Matt uh, Lowe played very well, and he came on. Um, Mackay Steam was a great out ball for us, and yeah, we we got the job done. And yeah, a tremendous result after many people writing us off, including yours truly. You know, I was delighted to be proven wrong. Do you know what I don't think helped our game? We obviously came out, uh, the interview before the game, McInnes said about how we were focused, we were going to take the game to Rangers, and different things like that. But the second minute, well, even before that, Jarrah got booked in, within the first minute. But Shirley gets booked in the second minute for a daft challenge. It was, didn't need to be made. But that then means the midfield has to play differently because Shirley can't play completely... What he, likes, what he does normally because he, he can't maybe get involved in challenges as much and I think that didn't help our midfield at times and, no. and then similar to the Hibs game we're quite happy when teams play in front of us because they do struggle to break, break us down I, I don't think we intended Rangers to have as much possession of the ball but when you looked at our attack our lineup at the start it was a lineup we spoke before the game I think the only one we wanted to be able to say a constant um, I think generally most fans are happy with the team 
Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that maybe we were thinking we were going to hit an account attack with the front four that we had. As you said, Wilson never really got involved. I, I was getting really, really frustrated with Wilson in terms of just thought he was maybe he wasn't maybe challenging enough or helping out enough or moving it, his movement wasn't enough. But maybe he was told to stay central and just maybe wait for the ch- chances and stuff like that. Um, as you mentioned, the guy even was a terrific out ball. I thought McGinn as well at times in the second half really helped out. And then definitely McKenna. Oh my. The, the, the two of them the thing I love about the two of them is they both are talkers sometimes when you see centre-backs there's one that's a talker and the other one's a kind of quiet one the two of them and that must yeah. drive through the team you've got Devlin, McKenna, Shinny Conside as well which is kind of quite a quiet guy he kind of talks a fair bit in the pitch as well but the communication was key um, yeah definitely well, folk have said we played badly I, I, You'd maybe want to win in different way in terms of being more attractive, but we actually had the better chances. Yeah, I think uh, did Lewis actually have a decent save to make? Oh yeah. Just the one save he made that one for Tavernier. Uh, um, didn't have any other saves made. Had a couple of balls to catch out there, and that was pretty much out the full game. The only chance, I think, the only other chance the Rangers had was the one for um, Sadiq in the first couple of minutes, and then that half chance for Kulabala where he volleys it wide um, during the fifteen minutes well, but. Yeah. I mean, there was periods in the game where we gave the ball away and it was come back, but as you say, John, we defended well. But I tell you what made a difference to us, um, it doesn't get spoken about enough. Bringing on Stevie May for Scott yep. Wright, yep. you know, was a good move. He might not have done a lot, but he worried the defenders. He gave them something else to think about. And having him and Wilson up front, I think, posed a question. And, you know, they get rattled by it. He had a couple of touches, May, where it just shows the boys' um, confidence is down and then things aren't coming off from, but, you know, he worked his socks off when he came on and he gave them a hard time and put in a good shift. Always, He always does. Uh, I think that's something that he, we've, we've discussed before. He always, regardless of what he does in front of goal, and a striker gets judged on goals, he never hides. Always, he always works. Works the channels, uh, put, makes the defenders have mistakes. I've even thought at times... If, the type of system we play where we've maybe not just now got a natural number 10 that in a potentially in a 43 at times play May on the left I, even though I think that uh, we've said as well we need to get consistency selection as well in the, going I, I don't know whether May fits into that first 11 or not just now I don't know but yeah I think it's something to pers- um, persevere with just now the team that we started with because um, I think when we're playing some of the teams, I mean, we've obviously got Hamilton on Wednesday, um, you know, I think we'd probably get more joy going forward with that team than what we did um, yesterday, but then we're playing a different level of opponent, so it's maybe something to build on, um, and hopefully we can get our league form up and running um, before we play um, the final. Yeah, I mean, it should be a, obviously a different type of game, we expect to have more of the ball, so whether that has an effect, Considine will miss the game, obviously, thankfully it's just a neck injury. Um, when he went down it looks really really concerning uh, I thought when he went down I think most of us thought some kind of head injury and that yeah. it was just a concussion or something like that and then you find out after the game he's text McInnes and said ah yes I say trust my neck I mean a neck can be pretty <laughs> 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 yeah. I was going to say just a neck injury I don't know 
Biohazard. It's not a bad neck injury. It's uh. It's yeah. Just... I, I've had enough confirmed that uh, a few years ago. That's just the uh, uh, It's not serious as the first thought. Uh, he'll miss the the game Wednesday night, but should hopefully be back for the weekend. It sounds of it. That's yeah. good. That's great. I mean, it was a lot of concern because that took like eight or nine minutes to make sure he was off and safe. Yeah. And, um, Aye, absolutely, as always. Uh, but yeah, Lewis Ferguson, what can we say? He's our player now. We paid for him and everything like that, so we can we can say whatever we want about him in terms of how good he is. Maybe in the game itself, he was. It's hard to say because I mean, just that sorts of always having to do most of his work defensively. But for a guy his age, I mean, I know he's maybe try not to speak about it. But obviously he's got he's knowledgeable about the game. He's got talent. At the mo- and generally anything I've seen him, I don't think there's anything he can't really do. As a midfielder, and at 19 to be, he's already scored a big goal against Burnley. First game at Hamden, he get he makes a run. Um, Gabbo's in the fat goal is not going to make it, and powers it past McGregor. And folk have spoken about the. The background in terms of his family and people have said, "Oh, that won't make his dad happy." See, his dad was in the Aberdeen, and his dad was as delighted as anyone, and probably more delighted than anyone. This is boy, who is well. The, the the one I was seeing doing the rounds today was Barry Ferguson's article on the Daily Record for like Friday or Saturday. Um, and that was even in there, he's saying, "I hope my nephew has a great game, but I hope he's on the losing side." So, I mean. Yeah, I, 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 I would imagine even Barry's quite happy about the fact that it was, if, if Rangers are going to lose, then it was the, uh, a Ferguson goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah he'll probably get compensated with a ticket, um, a free ticket for the final. But I was watching um, the Open Goal um, YouTube channel um, where they were doing the preview of the game with Frank McAvenny and um, Cy Ferry. And Derek actually said that he wanted Aberdeen to win purely because he's boy. Yeah. Yeah, and you would, I mean, if your kid was, whatever he's doing, you want him to do well. Yeah, and you want It doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, I, I was watching this interview on Red TV as well, and he spoke about how he joined Aberdeen to play big games, win trophies, um, spoke about how delighted to be at the club. Again, he touched on the fact as well that Aberdeen are happy to let teams play in front of them because they're confident in their defence. And I've seen on Twitter as well that Lewis Ferguson goals cure erectile uh, dysfunction as well. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I was delighted for McInnes because he's obviously come back under a bit of flack again. Um, and I think a lot of Aberdeen fans get um, short-sighted with regards to McInnes. Um, I know we've been through a frustrating period, but in the 14 years before um, you know, we reached the League Cup, we won the League Cup, we didn't get to a cup final. Um, I think we'd only managed like five or six semi-finals in that period. Um, and in the last four and a half years, we're now in our fourth final and hopefully um, going to win our second trophy. Um, and when it mattered, when he was under pressure, he got his tactics pretty much spot on and made the right changes at the right times on Sunday. So got to give him big credit where it's due. Definitely, especially as well. He's been accused sometimes, and probably maybe even by ourselves, as mm-hmm. struggling with our plan B. And I do, I think the, the gamble with having Logan and Constantine start man-marking the wingers, big gamble because you, you ended up obviously beginning Mackay Stephen, but effectively having to play as fullbacks at times. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to criticise the time of tactics, we need to uh, praise at the same time. Yeah. 
Uh, and yeah, I've yeah. seen people say it was a, it wasn't a, a great semi final. It was poor. See, if in the final, no one will care. Exactly. Uh, no, nobody ever remembers the semi final. Oh. That's the thing. It's just the, the the key of the semi final is making sure you get through it into the final, and you've done that. So that's job done. It's the final people remember. Yep. Um, as well. Hope from playing said for for by father of our team, etc., etc. Did they put the ball in it? That's the thing. I mean, like you, I mean, didn't haven't conceded a goal yet. Yeah. Last tournament. Yeah. Yeah, Thompson Marin had the, the 120 minutes against Hibs it was goalless and now you've won one nil against Rangers yeah. so that's I mean Hibs then Rangers and then Celtic in the final if I put Derek McKenna said this at the end of the coverage if, if you win this trophy you, nobody can say you didn't deserve it so we've been accused in, uh, in the build up obviously as well to the game and for one enough of being big game bottlers so over to Rangers Yes, the, the, the kings of big game bottlers at this point, because since Rangers made this, the Scottish Cup final where they lost to Hibernian, uh, they're, they're the team that became the ones that ended the hoodoo after 114 years. They've been to five further semi-finals, haven't scored a goal in any of them, have lost three to Celtic, one to Mullerwan, one to Aberdeen. Continued 10 goals in the process. Yeah. Yeah. So it's only fair, like, I mean, we've been accused of being big game bottlers for 30 years, maybe longer. Well, Twenty-five, <laughs> Yeah, that's when they lost to St. Johnson. Um, when Michael O'Halloran ripped them apart before he signed for Today, nothing. Um, but yeah. to be fair, Stephen Gerrard made no excuses after the game. Um, you know, didn't use European as uh, European games excuse. Didn't use the lack of a striker um, as an excuse. Just said it wasn't good enough, and um, he gave credit Aberdeen for winning. And then obviously had his rant about you know he's taking the blame. Um, but he's going to have to expect more from his players, otherwise he'll make more changes in January. And the unlimited money pot, apparently. The, the, problem, the problem for Rangers there is a half-fat team that were playing in the, the, the Cup semi, but are on loan. So actually it's not that hard to get rid of them. Yeah. It's the place that was the problem. Players, so... Yeah, if you say the players aren't good enough, or if it's... It's obviously a bit of psychology as a team as well, but... Mm-hmm. But I wonder how much he'll be cursing Morelos for getting himself stupidly booked at 2-0 up against Air United in the quarter-final. Maybe he should have taken him off then. No, but even if Morelos plays, who's to say that Rangers would have just scored or went through? He played, Morelos played against Spartak on Thursday, didn't he? They didn't. Yeah. Morelos played against Aberdeen for 10 minutes as well at the start of the season. Yeah, true. So who does he so do? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt he gives Rangers a different dimension. Whether it would have... Um, affected uh, Sunday or not is another thing but um, there's no doubt that Sadiq was hopeless for them I mean, you can say it now that the game's over and it's been proven yeah. it was during the game you worry that oh, one of these days gonna get, he's going to be onside and take his chance but he just didn't look particularly great and you wonder how this guy's in the, the books of Roma um, it just shows that even the 85th minute when he uh, rounds Lewis and falls over if he stays in his feet he probably scores yeah. To be fair, there was a few Rangers players falling down. Um, Kent went flying, on his DC Comics namesake. 
Um, for the, it, was, it was a good challenge to be fair. Um, won the ball, so I don't think there was any doubt of the penalty there. Um, but it still made every highlights you know what was shown after the game. Um, my favourite one, no, I'm not even sure who it was, but somebody went for a diving header later. It's an absolute belter. It just flies. <laughs> He's nowhere near the ball. I'm not sure if he was if he was torn between diving for a header or diving for a penalty. <laughs> I'll give the benefit of the doubt on that one. But it's, yeah. it's hilarious to watch that on YouTube. There was an interesting stat pointed out after the game by um, the AFC Here We Go podcast team that the last four, um, just when you mentioned that we beat St Mernon, the last four game, um, four Aberdeen versus St Mernon League Cup ties, the winner has gone on to win the trophy. Aberdeen in 76, 89, 95 and St Mernon 2013. So who knows? Oh, let's keep with that, John. Nice. So, what are you hoping for when it comes to the final? Other than a Vodjic injury? A victory. <laughs> Any sort of a victory by Hooker by Crook. Yep. We, owe, we owe Celtic um, you know, for the last couple of cup finals and, and stuff like that. So, now we're, hopefully this will be third time lucky in the Rodgers versus McInnes era. Um, it's obviously going to be a tough. Um, and then there's obviously going to be the debate over... Um, should it be 50-50 or should Celtic get the whole of the North Stand? <laughs> I think um, you're 50-50. I, I won't be surprised um, if we make it 50-50. The problem they've got now, though, is that 34,000 Celtic fans turned up for the semi-final. So you're denying somewhat a, a good chunk of the Celtic fans get a ticket for the final, even though they went to the semi-final, to give them to Aberdeen, who did the ball on us. Is it 11,000 Aberdeen fans or something? They kind of touched on it with semi-final crowds. If you look at semi-final crowds in the League Cup for however many years, or even Aberdeen semi-finals, there's generally not a great turnout. We've got a we've got a home attend that's a whatever, say fifteen thousand maybe on average. Yeah. Final should be fifty split. If we don't take all our tickets, then I. What happened yesterday? Right, that that's fine though because you say that you did take the tickets, you you took them, had to send them back. So it seems a bit unfair to be denied Celtic fans who did turn out in their numbers. I think we've been left open um, to criticism because the um, the board, the Aberdeen boards, rightly um, you know tried to you know fight our corner over the the scheduling and um, fought against the ticket allocation, fought for more tickets, got them to twenty thousand, and then had to give five thousand back when we only sold nine nine thousand, and it only went up to like just above ten between 10,000 and 11,000. So I think because of that, the SPFL are going to say, well, you wanted more tickets for the SPFL, you didn't sell your allocation, we had to give it back. So um, I see a situation where Celtic get the whole of the North Stand, whole of the East Stand, obviously, and half the South Stand, and Aberdeen will get the whole of the West Stand and half the South Stand, which I think is about 17.5, if I um, remember rightly. Uh, so I think it'll be something be. like that. Because I think Dundee United got that in... 2015 when they lost 2-0 to Celtic um, so wait and see could be she's just point at Murrayfield because really, everyone would be happy <laughs> give Aberdeen the tickets you want get Celtic fans turn up when they did last time so it'd be fair that's not all happen no point at Hamden and somebody's going to get screwed over here because I've, I've, I've said it before the default should be 50-50 regardless um, yeah. it should be up to, if you don't want if you're 50% then you can say so. Um, if you take your 50-50, you have to sell them. Because I, I would make the teams have to put the money in the pot. So if you don't sell them and don't return them, then 
you're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. I mean, uh, unless a club is honest, like um, like Calathis when they played us yeah. in St Mirren, when they played Hearts, they say, well, we're, we're, we've only got a fan base of it, 10 to 15,000, we'll just take that. Um, but Aberdeen's obviously got a bigger fan base. Um, but I just have a feeling that SPF Hill just going to take it out of our hands because of, you know, the carry on at the semi final. And it, to me, I had a rant about it um, on Twitter a few times. And I do get that there's other logistical issues like the travelling, you know, the expense of going to and from. Aberdeen fans probably travel most across the country. Um, but I think the some of the fans let the, the, the board down publicly. Possibly, but then I can kind of sympathise with him because this was an absolute farce, as we've said before. But I can, if, if other the other three clubs had all joined in and not bought the tickets for this, then um, we would have been talking about 50-50 and not a problem. But mm-hmm. Aberdeen were the only team that really went, you know what, we're going to no bother buying tickets for this game because you've made a mess of it. Whereas the other three all went, ah, we'll take them, no bother. And so that's why you had the big attendance at Murrayfield and you had yeah. Rangers with three quarters of the stadium. Aye. See with see with that as well, right? I'd look at something on Twitter yesterday, right? So the semi final Aberdeen versus Morton, Aberdeen took eleven and a half thousand. The the one against Dundee United was maybe the best. It was a Saturday three o'clock off. Aye, it's twenty thousand that day. Twenty two thousand. Aberdeen St John's at Tynecastle, obviously smaller stadium, but it don't support was twelve thousand five hundred. Celtic Aberdeen twenty ten eleven, Aberdeen support fourteen thousand. Uh, 2007 to 8 our team crowd was 8,500 that was a midweek mind you at Tyne Castle aye so the 11,000s are, is down from what you would expect given they were playing the final, the final were took 40,000 against Inverness yeah again bigger stadium <laughs> and the fact that Calathis won 7,000 fans aye. as well out of their 10,000 allocation that day for their first cup final um, but well, be will be. I mean, my my problem, my my thing is, is that um, if we get fifty fifty, fantastic, um, and I'm sure we'll sell that allocation as we have done the previous two cup films played against Celtic. But if the SPFL turn around and say that no, you're not getting fifty fifty, I don't think we've got a leg to stand on. I don't think the fans can complain because when the when the club fought for more tickets in the semi final, the fan um, a lot of the fans didn't bother, and it was almost a two fingers up to the club. Stephen as well apart from us in the League Cup uh, look at Celtic against Ross County 2015-16 the crowd was 22,000 you look at the St Mirren game 2012-13 24,000 so it's not as if the League Cup's been that because it was ended yesterday it's probably in a lot and an anomaly um, compared to previous semi-finals in this tournament I, th- I think the difference with the League Cup though um, when you talk about those years is that Back then there was like a three month gap between the sem- um, the quarterfinal and semi-final, whereas I, now I so. it's all over and done with quickly. I think that's had an impact. I think the revi- it's had a bit of a re- um, re- revival of the League Cup in my opinion. Um, and BT have obviously put a lot of good coverage on it. So, um, and obviously you had four of the biggest teams in the country playing on the one day, um, which would have drummed a lot of interest. So um, I think that might have had a lot to do it. Plus... Some of the teams you mentioned are Celtic St Mirren, Celtic Ross County. Those two teams probably took about four or six thousand. Aye, but then so how did that? Celtic take thirty four thousand yesterday to Tynecastle, and then they can only take that and to Tynecastle. Celtic played at Tynecastle yesterday. No, they didn't. Tynecastle Murrayfield. 
So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's a bit of novelty factor going to Murrayfield that's all. Yeah. After the morning about going to Murrayfield in the first place. <laughs> Yeah, again, I think it was, it's the fact that we were allocated Worryfield as opposed to being drawn at Worryfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I were Hearts, I had to go about 10 feet to go to the game. Mm-hmm. I think I made that joke on Sunday as well. I think when some of the Hearts fans left at 2 now, I'm probably back home in time to see the third goal going. <laughs> uh, Aye, probably move on anyway. The Wallachs. Aye. I was going to say, why didn't you talk about the cup game you went to? What's that? I was going to say, why didn't you talk about the cup game that you went to over the weekend? Aye, we can come on to that end after the okay. the logs. Aye, just trying to make myself results. Uh, aye, top of the table in the championship, uh, Ross County went top by beating there. Just what a level. Very nice to beat. No, that's sorry. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this, that was the week before. Oh God. We just ended up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's fine. Leave in the bloopers. Danny Wright are going quite well. We'll meet Dunfermline, they went 2 0. So, uh, good start there for Robbie Nielsen. Falkirk struggling as well, again, still. Wasn't too much Queen's Blues. So. They're starting to look very dodgy. Aye, it's not looking good at all. Um... Why oh, Ross County win 5 0, that was it. It's Morton. Uh, Cali Thistle draw specialist, 7 of their um, 10 games have ended in draws. I think the, the other um, eye catching result I have seen from the World Leagues at the weekend was the Barton with uh, Jim Duffy in charge. 4 0 thumping, he's 5. That's a nice result for him. Oh, that's a great start for him. Especially given the fact he's 5 won the previous eight games. Um, <laughs> yes, Rovers lost as well, didn't they? 3-2-4-4. They're both are starting to get a wee bit of a, a lead in that division now, at the top. They won one the weight's turn now. Um, but another manager making his debut... Um, Ian Murray, his team got off to a bad start, losing one note to Stan Smear. Aye, that's uh, first game, we'll wait to see what he does. <laughs> and my city continued their win, League 2, winning away to Albion Rovers 1 0. Eh, no, not Albion Rovers, stunning Albion. <laughs> Albion Rovers are getting thumped off Queen's Park, so yeah, they're looking increasingly dodgy at the bottom of that table. Could be um, better interesting than what was going Good result for them. Yeah, Berwick are struggling this season. Yeah. Uh, that was a good one for Peterhead going to to Clyden winning. Has John disappeared? That's with the review. The Wallace. Just listening, right? Do you want to talk about your game, mate? Uh, can I? Uh, so Saturday was the replay of Oakland Talbot against Cove Rangers. Um, aye, great day for it. Fresh, 
decent enough crowd. Um, I think Cove, even going into the second leg, playing away from home, expected they were still going to come out and win. Talbot, though, haven't lost against high league opposition. And gave itself, great cup tie. Um, same as the first leg was. Good cup tie. Both teams showed quality. And, yeah, Talbot ended up winning. Ah, great scenes. Um, Craig Brown was at the game, actually. Oh yeah, me too. I think he probably came down with Aberdeen on Saturday, maybe or Friday whenever Aberdeen came down to Glasgow. Um, and then yeah, he was with the Cove board committee. So sitting just a few rows in front of me. Yeah, good stuff. But I yeah. uh, great effort. I mean, the performance is tremendous. Uh, from one to eleven, and even the subs. Hi. Uh, Brilliant. Meganson again for Cove Rangers. Danger man, but he's, he, he certainly plays on the edge. Um, and that's maybe putting it mildly. He, he likes to put himself about, certainly. And he talks a fair bit to the referee as well. Uh, I think, I think yeah, Cove definitely expected they were going to win. Um, and even at the end, I think there was a, wee, a few sour grapes in terms of them going out. So, Welcome to Talbot, we'll go to Fraserburgh. Another nice journey uh, <laughs> uh, in the third round. So, fourth round, I believe, they're playing Mars. So, um, <laughs> aye. But yeah, yeah aye. It, was, it was good. I, I don't think, I think the Cookies certainly had Cold Rangers heavy favourites, even for Saturday as well. Um, and Talbot put in their, probably their best performance for. Uh, maybe since I don't know the Hearts game that they lost. Yeah, because you played a maybe a, maybe a better stand. It's hard to say how Cope would, would cope in the the juniors and vice versa. How Tower would cope in the Diamond League. Yeah. There was a few folk, uh, one person put like a shine about how are you know playing Bucky Thistle now, but his um, are terrific in the Iron that season. Mm-hmm. But it maybe could have gone either way, but I would say Tabo or deserve one over the two legs. And that's not be the, the tinted specs of that. And I think he would. So, they had the better chances. Good stuff. Uh, it could be a cup run that's not very profitable because you're spending uh, most of your winnings um, on the travel expenses come back yeah. up north. Potentially. <laughs> I think I had a margin they get compensated a fair bit mm-hmm. from it because when they went on the run against and ended up playing Hearts. That I mean, Tower are pretty well um, grounded anyway in terms of finances, well run club anyway, but that certainly gave them money to kind of last a while. I think again, I, I don't know the exact sums of what you get for playing the Scottish Cup in advance, and, um, but I, I dare say, I think I don't think they'll be out of pocket. Yeah, so I think Dunfermline went to um, Boreham Wood and it was costing them more. So they had to move the game to one o'clock so they um, didn't um, use accommodation overnight and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so maybe the Scottish Cup's different. Um, more money in it. So, But yeah, well done to Talbot and good luck against uh, Fraserburgh. Who aye. knows what might happen. Yeah, I mean, no, aye, it's, it's still that concern if it's the fourth round and then what could happen? Aye. Uh, We'll talk about the women's game, man. Mm-hmm. 
Glasgow City 4, Spartans 2, Glasgow City 12th league title in a row. That's something. Just because I was curious to see how, what, obviously that goes back 12 seasons. Um, they play summer football, the women. So, in like 20, 2009, they switched to the winter game, to the, the, the summer game. So there was a short season in 2009. That was Glasgow City's third title. Um, the league's actually only been running since 2002-03 when Kilmarnock won the first one. And that was the only time that Glasgow City didn't finish in the top two. Uh, the other three that have been won have been won by Hibernian, who were the runners-up this season, as they have been the last three seasons before that. Uh, Celtic were third, Rangers were fourth. Uh, I think Hamilton get relegated from the... They, they seem to call it SWPL1 and SWPL2, so I'm assuming it's like Premier League and Championship, but actually it's Premier League 1 and Premier League 2. Uh, I think they're swapping places with Mullerwell, so it's a, a Lanarkshire swap there. Uh, and I th- believe Mullerwell and Hibernian play the Scottish Cup final next week, which kind of finishes off the, the season for the, the year. Uh, the Hibernian won the other, the, the Premier League Cup already, so they were at one point going for the treble, but when they lost out to Cosgo City last week, then that kind of scuffled their chances of winning the league. So, could still be a double for Abzo. Yeah. No, well done. I mean, it's the women's game's obviously getting a bit more coverage, and the fact that the national teams qualify for two major teams are always left in the profile, and now good on them, and it's, it's good to see. Yeah, the, the problem the women's game's got up here is they're more professional down south. So it's it's a, if you've ever read Scottish football history, like the eighteen nineties, it's like watching the same thing happen again because the English game then back in the eighteen nineties was professional, but it was amateur up here. Um and it was like it wasn't until kind of just before the turn of the century that we switched to being professional up here as well, just to stop people going down there. We were kidding ourselves on anyway. The, the term shamateurism was being used. Because um, we were finding other ways to give them money, like buying them pubs and stuff. <laughs> so, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, a fun, it's fun to read about like, early Scottish football history. It's quite entertaining. But it's, quite, it's, it's, it's amazing to see almost the same thing happening now. I kind of wonder if some of the women are getting other ways to be paid. That sounds wrong. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to keep our podcasts on and not have them taken off. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think what the 21st century equivalent of buying someone a pub would be. I'm not sure I know what it is. Yeah. We'll leave it on in the, the listener's imagination, eh? <laughs> You can probably tell it's in my imagination right now. Sorry. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> so, the other thing we were going to touch on, uh, maybe briefly, was James MacArthur, his officially announced he's retired from Scotland Jay. I think he's made himself unavailable for selection anyway, recently, but mm-hmm. that's him confirmed. Yeah. He's told Alex McLeish that he's retired from that. But, uh, he thinks it can help his. Yeah. Always a player that flattered to see from the Scotland jersey because um, he obviously has been playing well in the Premier League by first of all Wigan now obviously um, Castle Palace but um, he had these moments of Scotland jersey obviously scoring against Germany um, 
saved her blushes against Lithuania um, in the home game, but yeah. quite a lot of times he disappeared in a Scotland ship for my liking, that's why I ended up not playing as much, um, but no, good luck to him, um, he's obviously made a conscious decision, um, but he's, he can't cope with international football and his club form with the uh, niggling injuries, so if that's what he wants, then good luck to him. Yeah, like he's too many injuries recently, so it's kind of, I'm not really surprised, but uh, you, you, 31, you, it's kind of disappointing to be retired of national duty at that age, but I understand that. Yeah. What's ironic about the Scotland situation, um, you mentioned Griffiths earlier, um, that he pulled out the last Scotland squad to work his fitness, and he's actually injured again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's basically having to start again, because all the work he did when they pulled out the squad then was undone by that injury so um, I don't know when he's going to be playing for Celtic in the in Scotland um, and with Naismith out as well mm-hmm. maybe we need to wait and see how he is but um, it's not looking good for us double header next month yeah I can't confirm how long Naismith might miss I've not heard anything I don't know whether he's about Wednesday's game or if he's about more than that or whatever but um, it's certainly one I'm going to keep an eye on because Let's say if we not get, if we can't get Griffiths back in time and we don't have Naismith either, we're in serious trouble. Well, McBurney scored I think six goals for Swansea. Mm. No. Okay. Six. Okay. Well, I won't they play what fifteen games. It's not a terrible. Any time I've seen him in Scotland jersey, um, he, he looks as lost as um. I did play up front in a charity game, just completely out of the depth. <laughs> um, so it's. Wait, I hope he proves me wrong. Um, I, I can take a penalty, mind you, but um, but no, I'm not. I'm not convinced that make Burnley's answer. But if if he can bang a few more goals in for Swansea, then obviously the better for us, and he could start proving us wrong. But yeah, I think we need Griffiths to be back in soon. Um, otherwise, you will miss our most crucial two games. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back playing for Celtic scoring goals soon. I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just good for Scotland as well. Mm-hmm. Anything else that we've missed? Nah. Not Scotland. I think so. I think the, the rest of the football news is kind of sad, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's Glenn Hoddle having the heart attack who seems to be recovering from the hospital, which is good news at least. Um that he's recovering. Um but the the horrible news was what happened to Leicester. Yeah. That was just horrific. Um you know, helicopter takes off and then five minutes later everyone's you know, unfortunately passed away. And Leicester have cancelled their League Cup game tomorrow night and I think there's a development Champions League game that was um, called off as well. Um, so mark of respect. And you just think what that owner did for that club. I mean, what they did yeah. was unbelievable, even beyond what they were expecting. Um, Create a legacy. Yeah. Oh. And he's done a lot in the community as well. Like after they won the league, they actually gave a million pounds to a local hospital as well. So... Um, yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's horrible what happened to anybody, but to have happened to what seems like such a nice guy um, just makes it all the worse. Yeah. 
So, uh, sorry to end on such a sad note. Um, but yeah, it's just, some things just put football into perspective, really. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the old saying that Bill Shankly said, um, football's not a matter of life and death, it's more important than that. It just gets, puts that firmly in its place. I don't know if Shankly all those years ago was, was misquoted, was just being flippant at the time when he said that, but... Um, it's obvious. It's used a lot to say. Well, no, actually, that's not the case at all. Yeah, I think I think most of us understand the sentiment. Um, yeah, <laughs> to a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should uh, wrap up on that sad note. Yeah. And um, yeah. Look forward to the the cup final, second of December. Well, yeah, I think Vogue's probably played before that, but I... Indeed there is. Yeah. Yeah. Right, cheers, guys. All right, cheers. cheers.